And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello, listeners, and you're very welcome to another We Are Mead podcast with Mickey Brennan and Davy Wisman. And apparently, Davy, this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> Watch what you're saying, Mickey Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be um, listening. To it. It's like Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's 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 uh, it's scary, but uh, yeah, of course we are on Zoom and we have to press record, and there's this new function on it where uh, the computerized lady comes on and says that your meeting is being recorded. I don't know if anybody else has seen that out there, but it is a new feature on the um, on the Zoom meeting. So, uh, Davey, it's been a busy weekend for uh, me, county teams um, at adult level. Um, disappointing, though. One out of four um, victories um, on the weekend. Camogues uh, uh, losing out to our neighbours, uh, Westmead. The hurlers losing out in Kerry um, on Saturday and the ladies also losing out to Kerry. But on the plus side, the lads have cemented themselves a semi-final spot in the Alliance Football League. Absolutely, Mickey. Yeah, great, great win for the for the footballers. Obviously, we got three out of three last weekend, and it was it wasn't to be, albeit there were tougher encounters across the board, to be honest with you. Um, and there were all away games to the best of my knowledge, except for the ladies' football who were out at yeah. home to to carry. So they were all difficult enough encounters. And we weren't we weren't disgraced in any of them either. Let's be honest about it. You know, the, the beatings were very narrow. Um, you were talking on average probably about two to three points in all of the games. So um, you know, a bit unlucky in, in those in those cases, but still all to play for across the board. Obviously, the yeah. footballers have now in, ensured that they, they have a safe passage to the semi-finals. Bit of work for the ladies footballers and Camogie to do. And obviously the Mead hurlers are going to have a bit of a break now before they resume their league campaign in two weeks' time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they, we'll start with the hurlers. The hurlers losing out to Kerry, 124 to 24 points. A three-point loss for the lads down in Austin Stark Park. And, and I suppose... A couple off the back of the win last week, they were probably going into this game on a little bit of a high and just were very lucky. Um, the goal being the difference between the teams in the end, Davy. Yeah, they they gave themselves an amount of decline, Mickey, and they almost they almost achieved that one ten to two points down after twenty five minutes of the game down in Tralee and a place that's been a graveyard for me, Thurland, down through the last number of years would have been very easy for them to to. I suppose lie down and take a beating but you know all credit to Nick Weir's lads they've showed great steel in recent weeks after that humbling they took to Offaly came out last weekend got a great win against Wicklow and Ockram went down there with high hopes and high aspirations and they gave as good as they got and 
really, really fought back towards the latter stages and ultimately probably just run out of time in the end. They were six points down at half time, having been obviously 11 points down at one stage in that first half. Managed to gradually narrow the gap, but just ran out of time in the end. I believe James Toher put on an exhibition. Jack Regan, who's come into the team and done ever so well in recent weeks, um, really continuing his rich vein of form. Um, and they'll take plenty from it. I know it's it's a results-based business and we're all, you know, sort of crying out for these kind of things. But there's a good chance that they'll probably end up playing Kerry again, maybe in the Joe McDonough. So it's important that you're not letting teams give you a bit of a hide. And I remember Kerry came to Trim last year and there were streets ahead of me. I was at that game that you could just tell they were class apart. Now when they're going, if they played the likes of Kerry or whoever else, when it comes to the Joe McDonough, they know that they're as good as them and they can have the bit between their teeth and they have a little bit of redemption to get and hopefully that'll stand them in good stead. But there's still plenty of work to do in the league before they worry about championship making two massive games coming up after the mini break. Yeah, after the mini break, you say uh, next weekend, Mead are uh, not in action to beat hurlers. So it's the following weekend, the 6th of June, and they will be taking on Carlo in Park Pulchin on Sunday at 2pm. Sticking with sticks, the ladies Camogues, they travelled down to Kinnegad and the short journey down to Kinnegad to play our neighbours Westmead and uh, uh, Westmead winning this one 3-7 to 12 points. Davey, you were at this game and we do have an extensive um, review of the game on our Patreon service with interviews um, from Eva Minogue and from the manager Brendan Skeen. But a quick rundown on the game. Yeah, uh, Brendan said it better than I ever could in, in the sense that goals win games. And I know that's a very simple and uh, cliched um, statement to make, but it was very true and very apt to describe Mead and Westmead. Um, what I would say was a huge step up from the Kildare game in terms of intensity and tackling and just just pace of the game and everything like that. And Mead got to grips with it. They lost their captain and inspirational leader, Christina Troy, midway through the first half. was a massive loss in the middle of the field. Albeit Claire Coffey made her first appearance of the year coming back in from the bench. Did really well for a girl that hasn't been doing much training. She's been in the middle of college exams, so she did rather well. She ended up having to go off then, twisted her ankle. Um, and then they lost Jane Dolan towards the latter stages as well. The worry, and we'll, we'll talk about this obviously in the, in the review when we do, Mickey. The goals, you know, conceding another three and it was three last week and they haven't scored any. They got one for two of this goal against Kildare. They didn't even really carve out a genuine goal-scoring opportunity at the weekend as well. So that would be a disappointment. Hannah Core was outstanding for the for the winners, 2-2 for her. But on the Mead side, the scores were in short supply. Jane Dolan and Amy Gaffney got two apiece. But Aoife Minogue was tremendous on the 40. The Dundry girl, she was absolutely brilliant. Scored eight points, five frees, three from play. Her striking was top class and uh, they'll want more of that from her and... Cole, they'll need they'll need more scores when they go to play a massive game against Dublin uh, next weekend. Yeah, their game against uh, their last game in that group, Group War, we'll see them pitted against Dublin. That's an away game for Mead next Saturday, the 29th, and the time and venue has yet to be do, uh, decided, confirmed. So, Davy, moving on then to the ladies' football, and the ladies were taking on uh, Kerry and Park Tolchin on Sunday. Uh, or yesterday or Sunday, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. And uh, it was a victory for the visitors, Kerry, three goals and 10 to one goal and 10, a six point victory for Kerry over Mead in that opening round game and uh, of the little, little, little ladies uh, national football league. Yeah, Kerry, as we as we seen last year, Mickey, were really, really strong and um, got maximum points in the league last year. I had 
the pleasure of watching a bit of them against Clare and Killarney before Mead played Kerry last year in the league. And uh, they were a superb side and it was always going to be a really daunting and difficult um, first outing for the Mead girls. But on the back of their intermediate championship success only, what, you know, about six, seven months ago or less, about six months ago, it was a genuine opportunity for them to lay down a marker. And um, we, we know their fate now. They're going to be playing Tipperary and Cork in the All-Ireland series, which is a, a cup. You know, I won't say it's a, it's a nightmare draw, but it's the type of draw when you go up as intermediate champions, you want to play the best teams. And me, they're going to have the chance now to play um, two of the best sides in the business. And Kerry, to be honest, which won't be a million miles away from them, um, they're a quality outfit on their own accord. And um, it's always difficult. And we've seen it with Mead, the Mead footballers last week against West Mead. You never quite know where you're at going into the first game. And I, I'm sure Eamon Murray and his management team will learn a lot from this game. 3 10 to 1 10. Um, just the two goals in the difference, really. Um, Mead had a good spread of scores. Vicky Wall got a goal. Emma Duggan, three points. Stacey Grimes, Orla Lally. Uh, Nevo Sullivan, two points each. And Bridgetta Lynch got a score as well. So good spread of scores. Um, probably looking for a little bit more in terms of um, performance levels. But I think that's the hardest game out of the way now. They played the hardest game first. I Obviously, you can't handpick your games, but you wouldn't want to be playing Kerry first every every year, and that's unfortunately the way it was for Mead. Kerry on the same boat probably didn't want to travel up to Mead to play Mead first, but it is what it is. It's out of the way, and it's in Mead's hands now. They have to win their last two games to get through. Yeah, absolutely. And the first up for them will be Wexford. That's uh, away next weekend. Uh, it's on Sunday, and uh, of course, it's in Wexford Park. Mead, Mead taking on Wexford, and then the final game will be the decider if we get the win next weekend. Um, David, we'll move on now to the only win of the weekend. And it is, of course, the footballers. They were taken on down in Armagh in the Athletic Grounds in a refixed uh, home game for down, uh, the Northy boys. And uh, Mead came away with the victory here, 215 to 14 points. But this is a game that Mead controlled from start to finish. Yes, there were only two points up at half time, but they, they were down to 14 men for 20 minutes of that uh, first half with two black cards. And even at that, Mickey, they carved out two great goal chances. One, uh, Donald Keoghan was denied by the woodwork and the other one, Killian O'Sullivan, was denied by a superb stop by the down goalkeeper. And it made would have been full value for a five or six point lead at halftime. It didn't materialise, but they'll be pleased with how they worked in that first half. You know, they lost Owen Harkin in the first minute of the game, but they outscored down by four points to one in that time. Then they lost Shane McEntee for another 10 minutes up to nearly the halftime period. And um, still kind of kept parity with Down. Down got a little bit of a purple patch in that time and got a couple of scores towards the latter stages of the first half. But Mead weathered the storm and you always felt that they were never really in trouble, providing they could A, keep 15 men on the pitch and B, convert a couple of those goal chances. And sure enough, at the start of the second half in the third quarter, they did just that. And Killian O'Sullivan um, capped a, a brilliant Mead move involving Carl Hickey, Jordy Morris and Bryony McMahon. He got on the end of it, finished via the butt of the post. Moments later then, ball breaks in the middle of the field. Nobody at home from down. Killian just nonchalantly flicks up the ball beautifully on the run, chipped it up to himself used his pace, rounded the goalkeeper. And again, that bottom right-hand post was his friend all day. And he used that to his advantage and, and slipped in a second goal. And after that, Mickey Mead were comfortable. Jordy Morris kicked some terrific second-half scores. And it was playing sailing. It was about game management. And he got six or seven substitutes on. Game time into lads. And 
took off a couple of lads who have played probably nearly two hours of football now over the last seven days. So um, well-earned rest for those guys. Yeah, looking down through it as well, we had five wides in the game, uh, Davy Russell, which is uh, absolutely brilliant, only uh, c- cutting it down to five wides. And uh, they, two were from play and three were from dead balls. And um, I suppose the three from dead balls, what are we talking? Were they, were they difficult or... Yeah, they were. They were all Andy Colgan. So Andy, Andy kicked one of four, um, one brilliant free to start the day, Mickey, and then the other ones he just pulled and pushed, and they were difficult enough frees. And obviously, when Andy comes up to take them, you're talking about forty five meters, give or take. So they're not exactly you know easy frees, dead straight in front of the post. But in fairness, they made a change at halftime. Jordy Morris took on the responsibility off his left boot. And he kicked a couple of absolutely smashing second half frees from really difficult angles and distances out. He struck them confidently. And one, it wasn't a free, but it was a, we got two marks. One was from Bryony McMahon and the other one was from Ethan Devine. The one, both of them were actually great scores, about 45 metres out, struck true and hard and, you know, straight as a die, both of them. Ethan Devine's, it was, it was a cracked score late on. I was delighted for him because... He didn't have his best of outings against Westmead, was taken off. He worked extremely hard um, in Armagh on Sunday and, and deserved his score. And Brian McMahon obviously coming into the team after uh, a rest, shall we call it, last week, Mickey, because he's normally such a fixture in the team. He did really, really well and sort of orchestrated things from the 40. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, and you mentioned the score in there, uh, the progress of the, the score, 77% uh, shot to score percentage. Um, which is absolutely brilliant. It's rising to get that above the eighty percent and be up. The, you're getting into Dublin territory then when you're when you're above the eighty percent. Yeah, and and look at easy to say, but three of those were frees, and the other two were misses by Kyogen when he went for goal, and the other one with Killian O'Sullivan. Yeah. So um, you know when you take those out of it, you're not too bad at all. And it was a, it was a really really good clinical. Um, performance from a very potent mead forward line, all of which gone on the score because score sheet, sorry, um, all of the six starting forwards, and, and you got a couple of points as well from Carl Hickey, who by the way was absolutely superb. Andy Colgan with his free, and then Eamon Wallace coming on to fist over a score too. So, you know, a huge variety of scores in the mead pack, and uh, that's only going to bode well. Yeah, going forward, it definitely will. And, and Davey, you caught up with um, Andy McEntee and Brian Menton after the game. If anybody wants to hear the extensive review of the game and the interviews, go over to our Loyal Loyal service. It's Patreon forward slash We Are Mead and you'll get those uh, interviews over there. And of course, we have interviews, as we said, from the Camogue, uh, from the Camogie match on the weekend, Brendan Skeen and Ethan Minogue. So um, plenty over there on our Loyal Loyal's podcasts. David, I think we'll move on now and do our club lottos. We, again, just before we move on, actually, um, the, the, the mean footballers are through to the semi-final. They've guaranteed themselves a semi-final in the National Football League, which is absolutely brilliant. The group that they'll be uh, taking on, the, the, the teams from the other group, that is not decided yet. We have no idea who is going to get through in that group, which is absolutely mad. All four teams have a chance of getting through in the other group. So um, we will know more on next week's podcast who Mead will be playing in the semi-final. But moving on, anyway, to our club lottos. 
Yeah, first up, Mickey, is Manalvi GFC. Their jackpot currently capped at 10,000 with the reserve increasing to 5,300. Draw takes place on Monday nights, and you can play that one on manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dunchocklin and Royal Gales, um, they had no winner of their 13,000 euro jackpot. The winning numbers drawn were 3, 8, 14, and 16. They had three match, three winners who all collected 70 quid each. The next draw is Monday night at half eight, live on Facebook. 13,000 euro of a jackpot reserve increased to 10,600. Play that one on Club Force. Slain GFC, they had a jackpot winner. So congratulations to Shane Harding, who recently, I believe, featured in our best 10 since 2010 from mm-hmm. Slain GFC, one of the Hardings from Slain. Uh, he'll be delighted to have collected 5,600 euro, having matched all four numbers, 178 and 21 in their weekly lotto draw. So well done to Shane. And next week's jackpot restarts at €1,000. From Conrad GFC, um, €8,800. Their draw takes place every Tuesday night. And you can play that one via the Smart Lotto app. Or you can download envelopes. Uh, sorry, download it. You could drop envelopes into the clubhouse <laughs> post box. <laughs> They're not that advanced. Um, the Zany GFC, 5,400 euro of a jackpot. Their draw takes place every Saturday. So it was May 22nd. So it was actually Saturday gone. I haven't heard was there any winner of that button, but you can play that one at tiny.cc forward slash Dunsany Lotto or any of the Kilmessen outlets. My own Cortown GFC, Mickey, 6,100 euro of a jackpot. Um, every Friday night at 10pm live on Facebook you can play it at cartoongaa.com and we also give away a retro GA jersey every week this week we have the Offley jersey from 1982 of no course man. the famous Seamus Derby jersey to stop Kerry winning the five in a row so really really good one there and we've had amazing uptake I have to say from the last couple of counties we've done we had Leitrim a few weeks ago and we had Tipperary last week the amount of players from those counties has been absolutely incredible and we we really appreciate the support from people in Mead and, and further afield as well. Um, our neighbours just in the road in Gale, Column Kill, have a jackpot currently going of €12,000, which it is capped at. Um, they had no jackpot winner, but Pierce Ferguson matched three numbers and collects 150 quid for his troubles. Um, they're back Thursday night with a jackpot of 12000 Balanabraki. GFC and uh, their jackpot is currently at 5,000 on the button plus 1,500 euro of a bonus ball. Draw takes place every Monday night at 9 p.m. and you can play online via Club Force. Navin O'Mahony's, I'm not going to say anything. Um, 6,350 euro of a jackpot every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. They had no jackpot winner uh, last week. The winning numbers drawn were 2, 12, 17, and 26. Of that 6,000 euro 200 uh, jackpot, Catherine Clark, uh, Ulton Potts, Michelle Nordy, and Connor Harkin all match three numbers. So they collect um, a few quid there as well. Don't say any, just an update. They didn't have a jackpot winner. So their jackpot moves on to 5,550 quid. They had one match three winner who was Patsy Martin. He's actually an uncle of mine, would you believe, Mickey? Um, no. And Patsy collects 150 quid for his troubles. 5, 14, 25, and 26 were the winning numbers. Minority GFC, their draw literally takes place around now, Mickey. 10 past nine. Draw takes place every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Jackpot remains at 15,000. Um, 
just because everyone locally seems to have ample amounts of money, says Kieran Alwell in Minolte GFC. I don't know, is that a dig at people not playing it or do they just have enough money so nobody needs the jackpot? But I wouldn't mind 15 grand or even split with you, Mickey. Um, we are in it Jeez, tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to give you something. Uh, you can play that one on the Club Force app, biggest one in the county at the minute. Yeah. Um, Castletown GFC, theirs is on the rise at 1,800 euro, which it wasn't one. They had five lucky dip winners who collected 30 quid each. The winning numbers drawn were 4, 12, 17, and 24. And next week, jackpot rolls on to 1,900 euro. Next draw is on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Enter via the Smart Lotto app. Curaha GFC, two and a half thousand. Currently, they had no jackpot winner. The winning numbers were five, six, nine, and 10, all low numbers. Gavin Coyle, uh, their player, was a match three winner. Um, and theirs presumably rolls on to 2,600 next week. Kilmainham GFC currently at 5,800 every Monday night. St. Yeah. So Column Kills GFC, their numbers drawn were 8, 12, 14, and 23. They had no jackpot winner. They had weekly 50 year winners uh, William Roach of Ashburn, Dominic Hoy of Laytown, and next week's jackpot moves on to 5,400 euro. Oldcastle GFC, 12 grand on the button next Wednesday night, and you can play that one on Club Force. Clannar GFC, 5,700, live on Facebook every Monday night at 8 p.m. And the final one on my list is Drumbara GFC, takes place every Monday night live on Drums TV at 9 p.m. Tomorrow night's jackpot is 3,000 euro. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Uh, Davey, the two that I have, the usual Central Stones, it's reached a massive 10,000 euro, which is absolutely brilliant. The draw takes place every Monday night and you can play it via the Smart Lotto app or so or you can go on uh, to any of their social media pages and find the link there. And then Simonstown's Lotto is 5,900 next Friday. Wasn't one last week. And uh, you can play that via Clubs app or, again, go to their social media outlets and you, you will get that, uh, get the links to the um, to the Lottos. David, just a quick question. Navina Matney's Lotto wasn't one, was it? No. No, no. So how would it be one? It's easier <laughs> to win. It's easier to win the Euro Millions, I heard. So it is. But the amount of numbers they've added in to their uh, to their club lotto, it's easier to win the bloody um, uh, Euro millions now. Uh, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Sir, like pick four numbers between one and a thousand. You know that's the next thing that they'll be doing. But uh, yeah, I'm telling you, Colin O'Brien, he's a lot to answer. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact P.R. Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Davey, um, you sent out the usual call to our supporters on social media via Instagram to see what their uh, questions and thoughts are after a weekend, uh, the weekend of sporting events for uh, MeGA. Yeah, absolutely. First one in is from Zach Griffin, and Zach said, Much better performance, good win, Division One with soon sign pointing that way. 
Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, you know, you win your semi-final and you're through to your back in Division 1, um, which would be absolutely brilliant. Um, so, look, they've given themselves every chance of doing it. Um, better performance, yes. A little bit rusty last week, I would say, going into that Westmead yeah. game. Westmead set up so defensively, um, uh, and it was about... They, they tried to... They were, Westmead were trying not to lose the game by playing so many players back in their defence, and they were playing that counter-attacking football, and did it well for large parts, but probably just um, were gassed coming into the last 15 minutes. This week, you can see that the Mead team were, you know, that they're rusting this out, and they, they were back to, I suppose... Back to speed, the back to the speed of the match and controlled it from start to finish. Jamie, it was a really good performance by all of Yeah, and furthermore to that, Mickey, Westmead aren't as bad as we might have thought yes. last week. They really gave Mayo their fill of it in, in Mullingar on Saturday. Two points up at half time, beaten by three in the end, but they really pushed Mayo to the pin in their collar. So Westmead aren't a bad side, and I think that the last two performances have shown that. Um, so yeah, no, give them a bit of credit as well and um, but yeah much better performance and it's 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 scarce to think that we're only one win essentially away from division one again obviously taking aside the mayo game next weekend if we win our semi-final we're there so that's obviously the priority that's the that's the most important thing um tom o'connor good observation by tom here actually he said the change of killian in closer to the goal with the the finger as much as say it's a it's a game changer yeah absolutely um now, last week, he did seem to be playing uh, much closer to goal for large periods of the game. But he did seem to drift out and then started to carry ball and whatever. You know, with his lightning pace, if you can get the ball into the forward line, if you can transition quickly when you turn over the ball um, and get the ball up to him, you know, in a two-on-one situation, he's winning that, the, the, the race and can take them on. When a team get plenty of players back, like Westmead did last week, it's kind of null and void. And, you know, you get by one, you're running into another. So maybe last week he had to come out the field a little bit to maybe get a little bit more room and get on the ball. Yeah, and, and full credit to him, Mickey. I think he's extremely underrated. I don't think he gets yeah. near enough credit for what he does week in, week out, and the amount of abuse he gets on and off the ball. Um, he, he really is our go-to man. And I, I agree with Tom. I suppose when you look at his yeah. first goal, he he got he received the ball, you know, 21 yards out from goal, having got it from Jordy Morris and Brighton McMahon, who were out around the middle. Now, his second goal, you could argue, he was still the <laughs> furthest. He was still the furthest advanced player, but he picked it up on the halfway line, you know. So, um, But I, I do take his point, you know, he, he had another shot very close in as well, which was so unlucky to be stopped. Um, I think that's good. And he's he's wearing the number 15 jersey, so he's kind of got that free Roman role, if you will. Um, and it's it's obviously playing into his hands down to the ground. So, yeah, more of that, please, from Killian. Um, Peter Duffy, um, always half glass empty, as, as is Pete. Uh, no one able to kick a free. And I just questioned him when I said, well, Jordan Morris was able to kick them, wasn't he? So... Not everyone. I don't think that's entirely true. I do take his point, Mickey, but Jordan Morris kicked a couple of exquisite frees in the second half. Yeah, he's a negative dead, isn't he? Um, it just, I don't know, get some happy pills or something. Uh, look, I, I do agree that you do need to have a consistent free taker on your team. And you look at all the big teams that do. Maybe that's what's happening now. Maybe we're going to develop that. Uh, Jordy Morris may be your inside 40 man. And then we might have a free taker for outside the 40. Um, and, and if that works, that works. Happy out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Damien Farley has two in. First, he said, referee was shocking. And the second one was, Carl Hickey looks the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Carl Hickey coming in there and, you know, coming from left field totally, like uh, gets in on the squad as in number 18, but actually starts the game and, you know, um, put in a tremendous performance. Yeah, he was brilliant for us at the back end of the season last year. And I think yeah. he had a, a little bit of a niggle last weekend, which is why he wasn't in the 26. But as you say, he really set the tone from minute one. Just on the referee, I've kind of spoken about it already, but it was a really, really poor poor performance. And there was one example in the first half of one of the new rules, which he should have given a penalty for. Um, it was a cynical pull down. Now, he gave a free, but it was inside the the D shall we say so it was probably one that he missed and aside from that some of the calls I thought um, was, it, what, what, was it a clear goal scoring opportunity though was there anybody between it, him and the goals it, it was I'll, I'll, I actually have a bit of a clip I, we obviously can't show the listeners but I'll send it on to you and you can have a look and, and judge for yourself Mickey um, but there was another one like it was an awful day up north more so than it is down here like it never stopped raining in our mouth of the day there was one scenario where Killian slid for the ball and went into his man and they just clashed like and your man came off works got a free and Killian got a yellow card it was a complete ludicrous decision the black cards I don't think Harkin could have too many complaints Shane McAtee I thought it was a bit harsh and then to not give down their black card as well look thankfully it didn't cost me but I think Damien's onto something there wasn't his best day Um, Robert Perfield is next up and he said really good display need to sort out the free taking though yeah, well, look, as we said, Jordy came on, uh, came on to the freeze in the second half. Um, you know, have we got a long-distance free-taker, really, um, at the moment? And, you know, Colgan will be your long-distance free-taker for the time being. But as long as we've got somebody hitting them from inside the 40 um, and, is, and is hitting, like, 80 90% of the freeze that we get inside the 40, I'd be happy with that for the time being. And then we can work on long-distance free-takers, um, or maybe not go for long distance freeze. Do you know what I mean? Look for a different option. Go short yeah, and yeah. work them in. You know, absolutely. Um, Shane Riley is next up, and he said, "Jordy Morris, a horse of a man." Ah, yeah, no, sure. Um, we've 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 just been so excited about him since he made his way into this panel uh, last year, and yeah, look, brilliant, and could be. Uh, if he continues to work hard and continues to, um, I suppose, progress the way he has been, he could be a star for Mead, uh, in Mead football um, and on the county scene for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn Placing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Uh, next one is from Fitness Coaching, and they asked, where was Fionn Riley? He needs to be involved. Great player. Uh, look, uh, you know, after his performance last week, 
Um, you know, just couldn't have any. Get rid of those Kells lads. It's just like the, the, no, you can't get rid of the Kells lads. Nothing wrong with them. Um, and actually, just as we're uh, speaking of the Kells boys, um, and best luck to Alan Tommy and Gary McGovern, who've started the Gales pod um, for Gail Column Kill. I've listened to all the episodes, two episodes so far, and it's been absolutely brilliant listening to the two lads. Now, unfortunately, they'll have absolutely nothing to talk about this week. Um, because there's been no games played and Kells didn't feature on the senior team this week. So Alan and Gary, I'm really sorry, um, but he's, look, just do just do a, a piss taking podcast, um, because he's a very entertaining. I, I, them, I love them boys, them boys, would talk about anything, Mickey. They'll they'll be all right. He's um, <laughs> walking up a wall. The two boys <laughs> in Victoria. To be fair, I actually spoke to both of the lads. I spoke to both Jordy Muldoon and, and Fiona at halftime in the game. They were up in the stand and. Um, Fiona's picked up an abductor injury, which he got in the game against Westmead. He's hoping it's not too serious. He tried to train on Wednesday to give himself a chance for, for today, but it wasn't to be. So he hopes to be back in contention. And Jordy says he's very close to a return as well. I just said to the lads, I didn't think the Kells lads were as soft as they are, but obviously <laughs> I was wrong. Um, and then I went down onto the pitch afterwards and Fionn says, oh, you don't want to talk to me this week, do you not? And I said, no, no. we didn't need you this week. So um, two great lads and, and yeah, we're, we're going to see plenty more of them as the summer goes on, hopefully. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Look, it was, um, as Davies after saying there, um, Fiona picked up a little bit of an injury last week and, and what, a, what a debut he made last week. I'm, I'm so looking forward to and making his way back into that team. And, you know, we could be going to Mayo with a very, very strong outfit uh, next weekend. And and as Andy said in his interview in our Loyal Royal pod, podcast, you know, he will be giving game time to other lads as well. Like So there's loads of positions up for grabs. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It is for sure, Mickey. Uh, Niall Flynn is next. And he said, Colgan, very good on kickouts today and uh, a good save, which he did make in the first half. Brilliant save. Like last week, he was flawless from his kickouts. Um, he kicked one from his three frees, but that was his only flaw last week in the game. They were all from distance. And then this week was the same. Excellent kickouts, excellent save. You know, did his goalkeeping job brilliantly. Again, the frees letting them down. Maybe, maybe they'll have to look at that in training and say, right, somebody else is going to take the long range freeze. I I make it fifteen from seventeen kickouts uh, successful on. Uh, uh, against down uh, the, now look at the way goalkeeping has gone in a lot of cases it's literally just the goalkeeper puts the ball out and kicks it to the corner back and there was a number of those but in fairness there was a few particularly in the first half when he angled them towards people in midfield and picked them out on the run really really good from uh, from Andy and made that crucial save at a really important stage in the first half as well which we, we, we can't forget obviously um, Brian Flynn is next up and he said what a chip I think that's in reference to Killian O'Sullivan's uh, excellence in the second half for the second goal. Yeah, is it not something he's after ordering off Q Kangaroo? Maybe. Um, <laughs> what a chip! Oh, Mickey, um, any anything for a plug? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, look, uh, uh, I, I I'm looking forward to watching Mark's chip uh, chip up for the goal now on uh, the Sunday game this evening. Did Mark Mark do one in Kerry as well? Uh, Marco sorry, sorry, Killian O'Sullivan. <laughs> maybe he did. No, maybe, oh no. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he did. But uh, yeah, it is, of course, Killian. Mark was down in Kerry playing the Harlem. They didn't score a goal. So um, he left that uh, to his brother. Yeah. Um, Anto Burke next up. And he says, any truth with the rumour that Donald Lennon has walked away from the panel? 
Well, from what we believe, it is true. Yes, um, Dolan Lennon left the panel uh, last week, I believe. Um, and disappointing. Um, when we were talking about free takers and whatever, he'd be an ideal lad to come in and kick long range frees. And I think there may be somebody else who may, may have walked away from the panel as well. But look, there's plenty of cover at the moment in that squad. Yeah, I think Ben Brennan may have stepped aside as well. Ben was obviously training as a goalkeeper this year. Um, and with Andy Colgan is firmly the number one choice now. And Harry Hogan has been wearing the number 16 jersey for the last two games. Actually, the two guys are very, very alike, Harry Hogan and Ben Brennan, so much so that Harry Hogan walked down along the side today and I said to myself, stop Ben Brennan. Um, <laughs> but you know when they start talking, Harry Hogan's from Longwood, Ben Brennan is from St. Colum Kills, there's a big difference in the accent. So yeah. you'd be able to identify them straight away. But yeah, disappointing, Mickey, I suppose. Donald Lenehan, after coming back from his travels, has never really established himself with Mead since he had a great first spell with Mead prior to, to his travelling. Um, I suppose Mead's loss will be St. Peter's Dumboyne's gain and they'll look forward to having him back for the club championship as well. And yeah, uh, disappointing. But as you say, there's loads of options there with what is still there. So yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Deck F. Dunn, uh, he said, the standard of refing is getting worse every year. And he followed that up by saying, have to now get promoted. Mayo game, less significant. Yeah, the Mayo game is less significant. Um, I have to get promoted. Yeah, we'd like to. Um, we still don't know who we're going to be up against. Um, but we would have great hopes of getting the victory against whoever we're playing in the semi-final. And if you win your semi-final, you are promoted. Um, his opening uh, statement, again, Davey, was... I want to answer that one as well. Yeah, the standard of refereeing yes, is getting yes. worse every year. Well, look, standard refereeing, you can look at this two ways. Um, the, the rules are changing year on year, which is just so horrible as well. And we, yeah. we had David Goff on our Loyal Royals podcast for uh, an interview there a few weeks ago and to talk about the rules. And, you know, it's difficult for the referees as well and the wording of all these rules. And they're not sure of a lot of them. Now, look, there are some times that a referee is just bad. Like, I mean, you noted a few... Um, uh, decisions that he made that were mind-boggling in that game. But, you know, I, I feel for referees as well. Now, I'm the first to jump on the back as well with the big <laughs> silly mistakes. And uh, you don't want to, you don't want me, you don't want to be refereeing uh, a game while I'm playing um, at the same time. <laughs> but, um, like, like, I have a little bit of sympathy here. But the standard refereeing, I suppose when you're, when you're in Division 1, you're getting all the top referees. Um, and that's probably where, where we want to be. And, and not just because he's one of our own, but I watched um, Armagh and Tyrone on Saturday night and David Goff refereed it, and he had an absolutely brilliant game. Uh, really, really good game. Flawless on the big calls, and I suppose that is that is the difference, unfortunately, with the, with the different decisions. <laughs> not saying there was, a, there was a few decisions that went against us last year as well in Division 1, but anyway. Yeah, but the only thing is, is that we'll never have one of the three top or two top referees in the country, three top referees, because they're all from Mead. The three yeah. top referees, I would say, in the country are from Mead. So we'll never have them. So hopefully the standard refereeing in Division 1 goes up as well for when we do go back up eventually. Hopefully it's this year. Yeah. Uh, Evan Connor's next, and he said no, Jack O'Connor. Yeah. Um, you might be able to fill us in on something on that one, Davey. I don't think he was on the panel, was he? He was on the panel. He just didn't come on and... 
I, like I suppose that he did well last again, week when he came on. He, he did do well, um, but then you look at maybe Andy was probably looking at today with the view to maybe getting lads on who haven't tasted any football yet. The yeah. likes of Joey Wallace came on, Danny Dixon came on for his debut as well. It Meath were in a comfortable enough position to do that, and maybe he's saying, "Well, we didn't need Jack O'Connor. Now Jack O'Connor is still a guy that needs football. Absolutely, I'd expect to see him, if not from a starting berth next week." definitely to come on and, and play a bit of football. Did Danny Dixon not come on towards the end of the game against uh, Westmead Did he last Westmead? week? Um, I call it now, to be honest with you. But... Does he have a nickname? Not that I know of. I'm okay, sure he probably well, does. But... Trying to... No, no, no. It was, it was Dylan that came on last week. Right? Oh, Dougie, yeah. Dougie Dillon is right, yeah, yeah. So and Dixon and Dougie, did, Dougie didn't come on either you know, this yeah. week. So, like, it, it, you know, it's a balanced act. Unfortunately, there's only so many you can bring on every week. Yeah, and I suppose when Mead got the second goal, they went 10 points up and Andy looked and went, well, I don't need to bring on players to win this game. I can yeah. bring on players that haven't got game time yet and get some game time into their legs. Yeah, so, yeah, th- th- that's probably why, 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 why he didn't come on. Joe McQueenie said, Carl Hickey, a big addition, added pace and directness to the attack. Yeah, look, he, he was flawless again, or, or flawless today, and, and and great to have him back in the starting lineup. And just shows you again the backup that we have. Um, he came in for Ryan and Ronan Ryan, and you know, it, there's there's plenty of backup. McCoy is there still on the bench as well. Yeah, McCoy, and, come on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like so, 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 so there's loads of good backup in there. It's uh, it's great to have such competition for positions. Yeah, the hickey loving continues with Rory Maguire saying hickey's the new Kyogen. Oh, uh, that's that's big boots to fill uh, if he was going to take over from Kyogen. But oh, Kyogen is still well able to do it and he's learning from the best, let's just say. Hickey is watching the maestro that is uh, uh, Kyogen that's playing in front of him or beside him. Yeah, Gav McVan said Ronan Ryan loves a fist pass. <laughs> Most cornerbacks do, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, look, uh, you just want them defending and doing their job and getting the ball on to the next man up the field and getting back into position. Absolutely. Um, the final one I have is from good friend of the podcast, Alan Nestor. And uh, he's quite uh, outspoken on this one he said ban goalkeepers taking freeze they're brutal and takes ages for them to come up kick and miss <laughs> well, tell us what you really think Ness yeah, yeah don't hold back don't really come on now tell us what you really think um, yeah look there are some goalkeepers that are excellent at it um, you know and you know Andy Colgan is excellent at it but he's just confidence wise he's shook on the freeze so I think that's why I would say leave those you know you because it puts a flaw on a flawless game for him. Because he's been brilliant the last two weeks in goals. His kickouts have been immense. His saving, his catching, excellent. And, um, you know, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Then he goes up the field to take frees. And if he misses a free, everybody's given it. So, you know, there's no... I would say there are players on that field, in the forward line, that can go for the free or can take it and go short. Um, and Andy should stay back in his nets. Um, 45s, yeah, I come up and kick them. Um, but, you know, that's it. Just leave it to the rest of the lads. Absolutely, Mickey. Uh, that's all from Instagram. Nothing from PS Tapes. Definitely not. No, definitely nothing there from PS Tapes. So, look, um, Davey, have you anything else that you want to bring to the podcast? It's been a, 
it's been a really good weekend for the footballers, um, you know, true to their semi-final. Camogues, ladies footballers and the hurlers have a bit of work to do. Um, and, uh, you know, the hurlers have two weeks to get themselves ready for, for, for their next game. Yeah, and, and look, at I suppose the uh, restart or resumption of the club football in season is edging never closer. I think uh, June 7th, we have the green light to go back playing games, and I think we're down to play a cup games that week. I believe there might be a bit of news towards the end of this week um, about fixtures for those. So hopefully by this stage next week, when we're bringing you the podcast, we will have a bit of information on the first round fixtures for the Cups. Yeah, absolutely. So the, look, um Disappointing weekend, as I said, for the hurlers, commodes, and the ladies. Hope it was a great weekend for our uh, senior men's. Uh, the ladies are out next weekend, away to Wexford. The commodes are um, out next weekend, Davy Rispin against Dublin on Saturday. Yep. And uh, the time and, and venue to be confirmed. The hurlers uh, have a two week break and they'll be next out against Carlo. And that will be in Park Culture in Navan. And then, of course, the footballers are travelling over to Mayo next weekend to uh, take on Mayo in that dead rubber game. But still a chance to, um, you know, put, put themselves to the top of the, the group. Um, but either way, Mead are true to the semi-final of the Allianz Football League Division 2. And winning that semi-final will see them promoted back to Division 1, no matter how the final would go. The win will be uh, the main thing in that semi-final. So we wish the lads the very best luck in the next couple of weeks as they're getting ready for that semi-final. Um, that's it from this episode of the We Are Me podcast. We Are Me, why matters more. 